and he stood there in the midst of the valley and called the king of Ai. Come, let us fight. So can we continue to verse 14? And it came to pass when the king of Ai saw it. Are we still reading together? That they did what? Hurry and rose up early. And the men of the city went out against Israel to battle. He and all the people at the time appointed before the plague. Pay attention to this last line. But he knew not that there was an ambush against him behind the city. Can we take that again? But he knew not that there was an ambush against him behind the city. So what happened from verse 15? And Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. And all the people that were in Ai were called together to pursue after them. Pay attention again. And they pursued after Joshua. And what happened? They were drawn away from the city. Verse 17. And there was not a man left in Ai or Benjamin that went not out after Israel. And that's it to note. And they did what? They left the city open and pursued after Israel. What was the result of that? Verse 19, quickly. And the ambush rose quickly out of their place. And they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand. And they entered into the city and they took it. And they hurried to set the city on fire. <laughs> now someone is probably wondering, why is this guy making us read war stories this morning? Uh, <laughs> but then again, why not? You know, it's an erroneous thinking when we assume that because you are a believer, the war is over. Hello? Uh, once or twice. Now that you are in Christ, every battle over your life, in your life, is over. You don't want to see me. But you know, what ends essentially is struggle. But when it comes to fight, there are fights that must be fought. Prophetics was telling us this morning, fight the good fight of the difference between the fight, the battles we fought as unbelievers, and the one we are fighting as believers, is that as an unbeliever, you are struggling to gain victory over the circumstances of life. But as a believer, Someone had come and fought the war and won and handed you the victory. But you know something, there's something they call defending champion. Your job now as an enlisted soldier in the army of heaven is to do what? Fight to retain the victory that you already have. No wonder Paul would cry to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 5 and so on. He said, What? Stand. Therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. Why? So that you will not again become entangled in the yoke of bondage. This morning, you will not be entangled. It's my prayer for you that you will fight. You will fight. So that the enemies of your soul. We won't succeed in attacking you again. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So yes, thank you, Nebo. Welcome to class. You know why? Yeah, we are doing War 201. Uh, the first time to the art of war. Our topic for this morning, understanding the enemies of your soul. Are you ready for the lecture? Yes, sir. Yes. In war, the most dangerous enemies are not usually the ones that you can see. 
We're sweating this morning. Most times we expect a lot of energy running after the enemies we can see. Whereas the real culprits are behind the sea, pulling the strings. Solomon talks about the little foxes that boil the vine. Unfortunately, we live in a world that is focused you know, primarily on the physical context. Everything is physical. And even though once in a while we say, uh, yes, spiritual rules the physical, it's mostly just for to sound intelligent. Because someone meets you, I am depressed. You are going to prescribe an antidepressant. There's this drug. I took it before, and once you take it, you feel okay. I was talking to someone during the week. She said to me that a friend advised her that um, the way she's feeling so sad and you know dumb, she has to this just to look for a man. Look for a guy and you know. Doesn't have to be no commitment, no strengths attached, just needs to let off steam. People are having challenges with dealing with anger and emotions. Anger management therapy. And you know, it doesn't just happen outside there. Even in church. If I am to ask, what would you consider to be your Greatest obstacle to following Christ. What would you consider to be your greatest challenge when it comes to following Christ? I mean, one minute answers. I'm sure I'm probably going to hear things like that. I'm too busy, too many responsibilities. Right? Too much work to do. Ah, I have kids. Before I had children, I used to be very committed. But now, you know how it is. I go, prophet is a wrong marriage, you don't understand. Okay. You know, it's the job. No, no, no. You see, it's the things I have observed in the body of Christ. It's discouraging. You know, when you want to be serious with God, you now hear that one pastor did something. You know, over time, legitimate as these realities are because they exist and they are legitimate. However, the Bible is of the opinion that everything we can perceive as what is wrong with our lives or in the society can be tied to one or more of three enemies. If you read through the scriptures, you may not say it explicitly, we're going to see some of those passages. But whatever it is you perceive to be wrong, by the time you trace it to the roots, you will find one or more that this following things is involved. The first one, you will either see the devil, you will see the world, or you will find the flesh. Let's go to the next uh, slide. You will either see the death, or you will see the war, or you will see the flesh. These three enemies were the reason why man lost the battle the first time. These three enemies were what Christ came to defeat. Enemies are primarily what we are standing against if your soul will not be entangled again. Let's look at scripture Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Is someone there? Can someone read verse 1 to me? Where's the light? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. I think we need to start organizing the royal sword in this place. Just read from verse 1 for now. As for you, you were dead. As for you, I love your version. You were dead. In your transgressions and sins. In your transgressions and sins. In which you used to live. In which you used to live. When you followed the ways of this world. Hold on. You still continue for me. It was a story Paul was trying to tell. He was painting a picture. He says, once upon a time, as this story opened, we discovered that you were dead. The only reason why I am talking to you right now is because someone came who was able to resurrect you from the dead. But it would be important that you know the enemy that you lost to it is important that you know why you died. So that when you see those enemies again, you will be able to stand against them. So he was explaining why they were dead. He said, you were dead. Why? Continue. You were dead. Mm -hmm. When you follow the ways of this world. When you follow, number one, the ways of this world. Continue. And of the real and of the ruler of the kingdom of the earth. Number two, you followed, you were walking consistently in a pattern that can be tied to the ruler of the kingdom of this earth. He just put it, he says, the prince of the power of the earth. The devil. Yes? The spirit who is now at work with those who are disobedient. And this devil, He's not there, bro. He is still actively working, but not in your life now. Actively working in the lives of those, the children of disobedience. Mm -hmm. All of us also lived among them at one time. Okay, all of us were like them before, yes? Gratifying and cravings of our sinful nature. The best thing that happened. And following its desires and thoughts. The third thing that we find that also resulted in that conclusion that you were dead was that we were also at some point following after the desires of the flesh, gratifying the desires of what? The flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh. Those three things were made manifest here. Whatever, so if we are to take that, your busyness, and break it down and break it down into the principal components. We are going to find one or more of these three things inside. It is either the devil is actively stealing valuable time from you, or there are things in the world that you are lost in after to the detriment of the valuable things of the spirit. Or that maybe it is just your flesh that is lazy when it is time to do the things that matter. I have not slept enough today. She be the same, you must have a minimum of 16 hours sleep every day to function. And you have done only 12. <laughs> Is it many two? Many four. <laughs> but it's many four. <laughs> Are you following me? All those excuses we gave that was holding us back from following God. If we are to carefully break it down into the components, we will find one or more of these three enemies inside. The world, the devil, or the flesh. Now what happens most times is that like the city of I, we are running after the enemies we can see. And over and over again, we are leaving the city open for this one thing ambush to crawl in. 
Are you still following the lecture? Understanding the enemies of your soul. Now the next thing that we will understand, we must understand, is what is it that this enemy is after? What is it that this enemy is after? Okay. In Genesis chapter 34, some men, the, the, the uh, Shechem, Shechem was his name. He was a Hephat. He saw Diana, the daughter of Jacob, and he slept with her. And the brothers of Diana were angry. And um, of course, the men came to apologize. Oh, we love your daughter, we want to keep her. But the sons of Jacob, the brothers of that, because they were angry, they wanted to destroy this man. But they deceived them, they told them, Go and circumcise yourself. And so I could imagine them going back and say, The only punishment they gave us was that we should inflict pain on ourselves. If that is all they want from us, let's go ahead and do it. Unfortunately, they did not realize that the, the purpose of the enemy was not in the pain. The pain was only a means to weaken them so that when the enemy comes for their lives, they cannot fight back. Do you know in the same way, the devil has deceived believers into believing that he's after their finances. Every enemy from my father's house eating my money die. You don't want to pray. The devil has deceived believers into thinking that it's after their jobs. He has even deceived us into believing that it's after our life. Does not need your life anything. <laughs> Revelation chapter 3, verse 11. God was saying, says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast to that which you have. Let no man take what? Let no man take what? Your crown, not your life. But why trying to defend these things that we think the enemy is after? We open the door for him to take the main thing he's after. And what is it that this enemy is after? Jesus was giving a parable in Matthew chapter 13. We try to just run through a lot of things because I prefer we spend a lot of time praying this morning. Matthew chapter 13. And he said, He saw went to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds dropped along the wayside, and birds of the end came and picked those seeds. Some of them dropped on stony ground, right? On stony ground, and then the sun came, and so they sprang up initially, but when the sun picked them on it, it withered. Some of them dropped among thorns, and the thorns took them to death. And the disciples ran to Jesus and said, Please explain this story to us. And again, he pointed them to these three enemies of the soul. He said, The backs of the egg that came to steal the seed represents what? The devil. That when the believers receive the word, the devil flies in to take it away. The stony ground and the sun represents the systems of this world with its persecutions. When the believers receive the word, and the, the word hits this believer with so much persecution because the word had not taken root, it dies on. The thorns represent the cares and concerns of the flesh. When the believers receive the word, the thoughts will come and choke it. 
Did you see those three enemies again? What were they after? The seed. And Jesus said, the seed is the word of God. The word of God. That is what the enemy is after. You know, some of the things we see happening in the world right now where because, is because the enemy has succeeded in starving people of the word of God. Amos prophesied about it in Amos chapter 8, verse 11. He says, the days are coming when there will be a famine. This famine is not of bread and water. It will be a famine of the word. And imagine Jesus heard those words and said, Because iniquity shall abound. The word, people are thirsty of the word. Iniquity shall abound, and the love of many shall wax cold. Whilst the enemy succeeds in stealing the word of God from the life of a believer, he has succeeded in getting a good thing. Are you paying attention to me this morning? If the enemy takes your job and does not take the word of God, you, will, you know, you will find another job. If the enemy tries to attack your health and does not succeed in killing the word, you know. <laughs> if the enemy tries to kill, Job lost everything now. But in the midst of those losses, Satan was not satisfied because there was something he was going for. The moment Job said, even if he slays me, I will yet serve him, the devil knows. Whatever it is, the devil has stolen can be restored as long as you have not lost the war. And you know one thing about restoration? When an enemy is caught stealing, he shall be made to restore many times. So your problem is not in the losses you are incurring. Your problem is in the world that you are not growing in. No wonder Paul would die that I may know him. All these things that you think is dead to me, the cars, the money, the houses, I count it all, but don't for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. And Daniel will say, Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. They that do wicked me shall be corrupted by flattery. But they that know their God shall what? Be strong and good blood. Are we together this morning? We have said so much on this. That's why I don't even want to dwell heavily on it. But it is something you must note. We said it over and over again. The word of God. You must dwell on the word. It is food for your soul. You must dwell on the word. No matter how cliche it sounds, there is no alternative to it. I gave an analogy. If like Paul said, indeed, the spirit is always lost in the flesh, and the flesh, after the spirit, they are always fighting. And the word of God is the food your spirit needs. And every other thing you do, the sleeping, the eating, is the food your flesh needs. And you spend time feeding your flesh, and yet expecting to win in spiritual battles. You are deceiving yourself. Because they that sow to the Spirit shall what? Of the Spirit live life. But they that sow to the flesh 
So it is possible to sow to the flesh. Shall of the flesh do what? Ah. The what? And our final lesson of life for today. Since we now know who the enemy is, and we know what he wants, what then is the strategy for the believer? What then is the strategy for the believer? I'm giving you time today, that's good. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10. From verse 4 to 5. By your blood. The cross prints upon Like God is saying, hold on, let me do the work I'm here to do. So that's 
somehow I can't talk loud this morning. The first time this kind of thing happened was that I think I was ministering on the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was it was almost like my voice was not audible. Praise God. God is going to do something this morning. To do his work. He's going to do his work. Pay attention. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Four to five. Okay. So please with the mic, can you read for me? Yes. And he says, yes. the weapons we fight with are the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. They are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary. On the contrary. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Hold on. I think I want to get that again from uh let's try it, James. For the weapons of our warfare are not panel. For the weapons of our warfare are not panel. But mighty through God. But mighty. I needed to hear this through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. To the pulling down of strongholds. Continue. Casting down imaginations. Casting down imaginations. Ah. I want to hear that from another verse. I'm liking what I'm hearing this morning. What does your own say? We demolish arguments ah, and you. every pretension. What does your own say? No, I just need that. That's the uh, verse 5, yes? So we have imagination. We are hearing argument. We are hearing deceptive fantasies. But hold on, hold on. We are talking about enemies, right? I can imagine that Paul had preached a message like this on this day. And then they asked him, sir, what must we do? He said, number one, go and find weapons. Not normal weapons. Weapons that are mighty. Weapons. What next? He says, casting down argument. Sir, we should buy bazooka and AK-47 to go and shoot argument. Eh? Mighty weapons, rocket launcher, to do what? Cast down argument. Why the enemy actually chose to attack your job or finances or whatever it is is so that when he presents the argument that are you sure God loves you, you can entertain it. You hear a lot of people say, if God is a God of love, why does evil things happen? Casting down arguments. The Bible introduced the devil in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. It says, for the serpent was more subtle than every other being. And you were expecting the serpent to do something wonderful. Someone that was introduced to be this wise, and he went to the woman. And what did he say? He said, did God say? Argument. The devil finally had opportunity to tempt Jesus after many years of waiting. And he approached Jesus. The first thing he said, if you are sure you are the Son of God. Argument. It's time you try to fight the devil. Argument for argument, you are losing. And so Paul said, find mighty weapons.
response and shoot down argument. When he tries to ask you, are you sure God loves you? <laughs> are you sure you are saved? You know that day that you gave your life to Christ, other people were crying, you know that. Some people even fell. They did ju -ju 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 -ju, and they fell. And you were standing there like rock of the brother. Are you sure you are saved? And then you start arguing. Hey, but I, I felt something in my stomach. I felt something in my stomach. It, it turned like this. For the spirit be as witness. That was spirit. I know I need no argument. I need no argument. I if you are sure God loves you, why did you have a terrible week? I need no argument. I need no argument. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Why is this person you know suffering from cancer? Do you know how painful cancer can be? Why will a God of love allow this person to go through this pain? But I need no other argument. I need no other pain. It is enough that Jesus died. And that he died. Why are you failing repeatedly? It is not my place to argue with you. It is enough that Jesus died and died for me. What was the second thing you are supposed to fight with that widow? Because if you win arguments without winning the second one, you are still losing. And can you read again from your Bible? Casting down arguments and what again? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let's read it again from another version. Okay. Can she get the mic? We can help them pass the mic. Yes? We use our powerful God tools for smashing rap philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. Tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God of God fitting every loose motions and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ bringing every loose thought and emotion and emotions and impulse and impulse into the structure of life of life shaped by Christ King James said into the obedience of Christ Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every barrier that exalts itself against the truth, not barriers against your family, your village, your village people, barriers against traveling abroad. Barriers against the knowledge 
of the truth. I don't know how else I can spell this out. Coincidentally, I was discussing with Pastor Felix yesterday, and we were talking along these lines. He was telling me a story of when he finished worshiping God, and then they were telling him that there were witches around. Some of us will stand up and fold your shirt, fold your trouser. Aha! Every witch, wherever you are coming from. But knowledge of the truth says that he that is in you. I bet if you are greater than somebody, you need to fold shirts to fight in person. My people are destroyed for lack of money. My people are destroyed for lack of connection. No, my people are destroyed, sorry, because they don't pray for 36 hours. Eh? My people are destroyed because they don't do power prayers. Did you see why I started with introducing the battle of art? Sometimes we are pursuing the enemies that we think is the real enemy. But the ones in ambush are they creeping in. And even after your power prayers, you still lie down and you still press your leg. Every hiding that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Can I speak to somebody this morning? If you want to know if the enemies of your soul are after you, check your hunger for God. Forget about any other thing that is happening around you. If your hunger for God is sustained, you are fine. in your life that you begin to see God as an obligation, something you just have to do so that nobody will ask you questions. The enemies are close. You wake up on a Sunday morning and suddenly, unlike you, you don't feel like coming to church. You don't feel like praying. The enemies are close. That is why we are having this lecture, so you will know. It does not mean anything is wrong with you. It's so that you can know how to stand fast against your enemy. You used to, you know, pray and study well. You used to even look forward to it. But suddenly, the hunger is dying. The enemies of your soul are the ones knocking. arguments and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ and bring it into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having the readiness to punish all disobedience. How many disobedience? There is nothing that is permitted to go wrong when your obedience is complete. And what is the obedience? You know, when you read just that one, you think that your obedience is complete means when you have done everything in the law. It says bringing every thought, every loose thought, everything under the obedience of Christ. Under the control, how was the version put it? Of Christ. Okay. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction mm. and building lives of obedience into maturity. 
That was not what you read. There was something you read before then. And you know some Bibles are not broken down like that, yeah. Bringing every thought under the obedience of Christ. When you have completely done that, that there is nothing you are thinking that is outside the dictates of you of Christ. He will punish every disobedience. Are you following me this morning? Are you ready to pray? Are you ready to pray? Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. Stand to your feet. <laughs> I need no other argument. I need no other Jesus
darkness. Ah, it says they that sat in great darkness. On them the light has sat. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of the light. Ella ganaba la alegría de la 